Well, hey there, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Um, I don't know. It's been a weird couple days. Yeah? Yeah, so, like, you know that, like, seasonal depression you get, and then you decide, like, oh, you're going to be a better person and everything, and you're going to try a little bit harder, and, like... Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to the gym a little bit more. Maybe I start carrying a pack of cigarettes on me just in case there there's, like, you know, a homeless person that wants to bum a smoke. Shit like that, right? Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I've been at, but I um, started going back to the gym. Okay. And um, I really fell off of it there for a while, but now I got this new, you know, job, and I'm sitting all day long, and I'm getting a little thicker. I'm getting a little uh, pant loady, if you will. And so <laughs> pant loady. Oh. Pant loady, yeah. And um, so I've been going to the gym, and, like, I, I, you know me. I love to lift, but right now my biggest problem is just cardio. I don't do it enough. Um, and I sure, noticed sure. that they had – they, they got this deal and it's like, it's a projector and you pick a class and you, it projects the trainer video on the wall and you do it on the wall. And I go, you know, crazy hours anyway. So no one else is there. Um, and then come okay. to find out, like I, I, I go to go on my regular time the other day and, um, it's like, I swear to God, dude, it's like the milf club of Alamosa is just there and they're doing something <laughs> weird. But okay. then like. Yeah, so it's like this, like, fucking mommy baby yoga shit. I don't know, but it's like every good-looking mom in town at, like, 5 in the morning. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm in a, in a garden of women. And, like, yeah, I shouldn't objectify, yeah, whatever. I sat on the spin bike and just spun my happy ass off for 45 minutes. But what was weirder than that was that, like, four guys next to me who were, like, placing bets on the babies, like, which baby could kick the other baby's ass or, like, which baby could hold, like, you know, cat pose the longest. It was... It was just really weird and off-putting because, like, these guys looked terrible and maybe they should have been, like, spin-biking while betting on babies. I don't know. I I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Welcome to the Dangle Podcast, you spin-biking <laughs> babies. <laughs> yes, everybody. Welcome to the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy... Mark. Talk about the beloved animation classic, King of the Hill... Hence the name Dang Old Podcast, am I right? Uh, <laughs> You're Mark, not wrong. We're, uh, we're here this week to talk about the highs and the lows and the goods and the bads. All of the stuff we love and hate about King of the Hill. And then we slap it with our patented King of the Hill rating. And uh, what do you say we get on into it, buddy? I'm ready, buddy. Well, we're going to start this week with episode 137, Boxing Luan... This is an original air date of February 2nd, 2003. Uh, Mark, we have a cast of characters here. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Buck Strickland, Randy Strickland, Frida Foreman, George Foreman, Stu, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, a non-speaking Boomhauer, Angela, Littlejohn, Greta, Bora. Dude, this is a big cast this week of a uh -huh. lot of people that will get named and we will never see again. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a written, it's written by Dean Young. I know we've seen some stuff from him before. I, I don't remember off the top of my head what, uh, We like Dean Young. We, I, we need to, we need to, like, make a spreadsheet of this shit. I know, but, like, we, we I know do, we like yeah. Dean Young. I know we like his stuff. Let's see here if my computer wants to not be a little fucker. Uh, his, his last credit that we've gotten written on, at least on the wiki here, is Dangle Love. Um. Ooh, swing and a miss, okay. 
Yeah, and I mean not our favorite, but that's okay. Uh, really, I think you and I we've we've grown very uh, very fond of the season seven writing staff. There's not a lot of stinkers in here. Um, we have our personal favorites. It's the Allens. We both fucking know that. It's been the Allens. <laughs> it's been Allens since like what season one, like. Just about, yeah. So I kind of want to go back and, like, like I, I kind of want to, like, go back and retrack our, like, joy of discovering our love of the Allens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our synopsis for this episode, Mark, Luann sees a new career path in fighting, but bites off more than she can chew with George Foreman's daughter. Yes, guys, is a, it is that George Foreman. Was that a Mike Tyson joke? Bites off more than she can not chew? not intentional. Not intentional, but we're going to go for it. That's an excellent fucking boxing joke. <laughs> Woo! Uh, that's off more that's than what you guys hear. are here I for. Mean, what? <laughs> Accidental bo- uh, boxing jokes, yes. Um, A-story characters, Luann and Hank. Um, I mean, you can throw Buck and his brother Randy in here if you if you really want to, but it's pretty much Luann and Hank. Okay. And do we have a B-story, Mark? Would you consider this a B-story? <sighs> I don't know. Do we have what do you what do you think? Do we have a B story or? Eh, not really. I, I was kind of hard pressed to find one. I don't even remember Bobby being in this episode, and you listed him. And I watched that. Um, I watched this this morning. Like he's in there. He's uh, Bobby's there. He he's listening to the fight on the radio. Like that's that, pretty much it. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. He's just on the phone for like. Yeah. No, there's not a B plot. It's a it's a straight A. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to some notes, man. Yeah, take her away, buddy. Uh, so, let's see. Let's start with Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern is our uh, guest voice actor here. He was Randy Strickland. Okay. Uh, which I, I didn't realize that Mr. Strickland had a brother. I don't remember. For some reason, I kept thinking that the other person in this episode is not Buck's brother, but it was Rooster uh, of Rooster's poker game, craps yeah, game. Yeah, the craps game. Well, in Hot like, Springs. Yeah. In my mind... Yeah, I always associate him with Rooster. So the fact that it wasn't him and it's actually Buck's brother kind of screwed me up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's Bruce Dern. He is he's in a bunch of stuff. Like he was in a bunch of different westerns and and things. Not a lot that I really recognized, but he was in the last two Quentin Tarantino films, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Hateful Eight. Um, okay. And the his character in The Hateful Eight which that's the one I'm going to quote you guys because they filmed it like an hour and a half away from where I used to live in Colorado, is uh, he's General uh-huh. Smithers. Okay, okay. I'm so looking him up right he, now. Yeah, look him up. He, he's he got the look of, of the old cowboy that you know you've seen in a million things. Yeah. And I definitely remember hearing it for sure, um, like in his voice. But yeah, Bruce Dern, he's kind of interesting guy. This dude gets some um, damn work, man. I, I told you, and it's a lot of Westerns. Like, he's been around and, and acting for a very long time. I believe he's still alive. I think so. Oh, he was in Django, apparently. Okay, so the last three of his movies. Who was he in, <laughs> in Django? Oh, I just scrolled past it. Old Man Karakin. I don't know who that is. Karakin? Interesting. Yeah, um... I don't know. Like, literally nothing that I recognize, but except for the Tarantinos, but yeah. Yeah, I usually so he's like, been around uh, for a while. Westerns. Huh. Okay, yeah, you. sorry. That's the country boy in you. Um, so Peggy mentions uh, Hector Camacho, or either Peggy or Hank. 
Hank. Hank, uh, Hank. says yeah. something about Hector Camacho, and I felt it no- notable to say that he is a he was a Puerto Rican fighter for about thirty Ooh. years. He was in the ultra lightweight division, um, and I don't have his record pulled up right here, but it seems like he did some work in the ultra lightweights, uh, which I just okay. thought was funny. This episode is it's got a lot of boxing references and names peppered in. Um, the biggest one, of course, is George Foreman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured I'd throw in here uh, George Foreman's fighting stats. He okay. has 81 total wins, or 81 okay. total fights, excuse me, 68 wins by knockout, five losses, 76 total wins. Wow, all right. Yes. Uh, they mentioned that he is a gold medal, so I'm going to guess that he was a gold medal boxer in the Olympics at one point. I didn't look that up, though. I'm, I'm just assuming that's why Hank would say, oh, no wonder you won the gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to guess, Mark, how much uh, how much money George Foreman is worth, knowing not only that he is a boxer, but he also has probably and arguably the best-selling kitchen appliance of the 1990s and probably the first 10 years of the 2000s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I imagine he's obscenely wealthy, right? Like... He doesn't have any, like, because doesn't he, like, not have any, like, weird ghosts in his closet and shit? Like, he's pretty much just a normal dude with a shitload of money and a bunch of kids named George. Like, I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. As far as I've I've never seen any, like, any sort of, like, controversy with him. But yeah, Google has his net worth currently at $300 million. So, uh, good on you, George Foreman. Less than the last Powerball in America, though. That's kind of weird. I would have thought more than that. But at the same time, like, you, you got to know that everybody and their mother has had a Foreman grill at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that makes that makes you wonder just, like, how much he's already spent versus how much he is currently worth. Like, That's that guy point. has got five or six kids, and they're all, like, grown-ass adults. He probably has bought all of them houses, all of them cars, all of them education. Like, the the guy is is probably doing very very well at this point. So good for him. Yeah. I like the Foreman grills. They're not good for everything, but they do they a have job. Their uses. Yeah. Yeah. They got they me through uses. college. They got you and I through college. Like when we didn't have access absolutely. to a grill. Like absolutely. When it was too fucking cold to grill because the charcoal couldn't light. Like yeah, it got us through. <laughs> I mean, I can't say I've ever burned my foot on a Foreman grill, but it is what it is. <laughs> I like the smell of bacon in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind the uh, obvious food poisoning you would get from leaving bacon out all night, but that's neither here nor there. Um, There's a song that's playing when Luann is doing uh, her training montage, and it's Pink's uh, Respect. Okay. I don't really listen to Pink, but I felt it necessary because it's like, oh, this seems like it's right around this time period. Uh, And it also seems like something that Luann would listen to, so good for them. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't, <clears throat> we talked about this last week a, a little bit, uh, or at least I talked about it last week about how they, they've animated Luann very sensually in our Pygmalion episode in certain aspects. Yeah. Like we saw a lot of her booty in that, that purple pantsuit and we saw a lot of her cans in her, her Missy Melons, <laughs> all that stuff. The, the animators are horny as hell this season. This whole episode is just horny as hell. It's nothing but yeah. her bouncing around, Right. Yeah, I got a note about that. I'll talk. So, do you mind if I just talk about that one really quick? No, go for it, because that's my last note. It's just that, like, this whole episode just is kind of icky. 
<laughs> in that sense. Yeah, it is. And like, okay, so um, we all know my ongoing trials and tribulations with Luann. Um, so like Naked Ambition, um, her boobs have breast physics, right? Yeah. Um, Reemergent Virgin or Virgin Two. I like how we only call it Reemergent Virgin. Sorry, a uh, Virgin Two Point Um, the the Reemergent Virgin bit when she comes out and she's all wet and that, yeah. right? Like, so we've established already that Luann is jiggly, right? Um, when yeah. she wins in Beer Can and Desire, jumping up and down because she won, right? Like, so she's real jiggly. Um, the the main her main motivation from Buck in this is to pop around like a bunny, right? Yep. He gives her so, castles the whole the whole nine yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's my problem with it. Um, she's okay. I don't know. It's me, guys. Here I am. I'm the problem. We'll acknowledge it. Her Missy Melon physics are inconsistent at best. Holy shit! For an episode where her primary function is to jiggle about, like, okay, I get it. Not in the gym. Not when you're doing Tybo. She should be like tight because she's wearing the sports bra and shit. But when she's boxing, she ne- she needs to be jiggling 100 percent of the time. And quite frankly, we're getting like I'd say maybe 40 percent jiggling. Best best okay. case scenario, like. 50, 50% best case scenario jiggle in the animation time. And it's like, just be consistent. You have the fucking money. This is season seven. Like, God damn it. We, since the beginning, we've seen them animate Luann's boobs for frames. There's no reason it can't be consistent in this one too. And maybe the problem it would be that it would just get too jiggly. And then like, you know, it would distract from the message, I guess. But I don't know. I just figure out where you're at guys. That's my problem. Sorry. Thank you. But this <clears throat> no, has been my sure, TED talk sure. about Luann's Missy Melons. <laughs> for sure. What other notes do you got, buddy? Oh, I am 90% sure that that first woman is the trucker that dropped Leanne off in Leanne's saga. Yes, or the or the uh, uh, female prison uh, person that, that Bill picks up. Yes, and. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so okay, we've we've seen this character before. Okay, yeah, they've definitely used Greta's character model before, and I don't know if I don't. I like to think it's the same. I like to think it's concurrent. Like it's the same person throughout. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Hank boxing. We get a callback to Hank boxing. That's kind of cool. He even says it at the Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Callback to um, Bobby goes nuts, but what like you know and. I like that. I didn't. Like, sorry, I'm choking on coffee. Jesus Christ! I didn't like. We didn't like uh, Bobby goes nuts, but like they talked about how Hank boxed at the Y. He had the boxing gloves yep. from his days at the Y. He was gonna give them to Bobby in this episode. I like it. It's good continuity. I'm happy with it. Okay. Um, chicken tartare. Holy shit! Yeah. God. Food poisoning is. That's a lucky outcome of that. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about George Foreman as the guest star? Um, so I, I don't like it. Okay. I, I have it in my cons here and we can, we can bring it up. We can talk about it right now. Uh, I don't like that they use him this way because for me, it's lazy writing. Okay. Like, yes, it's an interesting way to, to make this story work. Um, and I'm surprised that they, it took them this long to incorporate somebody like George Foreman, who is known for grills, into an episode of King of the Hill, which is like focused around grills. We very much established that that is Hank right yeah. now. Um, 
I don't understand why it, it had to be George Foreman. You know, you, you get one good throwaway joke of he also named his four sons George and he calls one of them George number three. Yeah. But why does it have to be George Foreman? Why can't it be, uh, I I don't know, um, Chet Elderson, the, the, the fifth, not Chet Elderson. Pick pick a random ass like Arlen Citizen. Give him a it name. Could, it doesn't need Give to be him a name all brand Foreman's... boxer. It doesn't need to be a real person. Exactly. It could be an anybody. Yeah. Okay. Give, yeah. Make or make him some like big city out of towner that is from Austin or from Dallas that was also a professional boxer that also has to happen happen to, wow, that also happens to have these these grills and things like that. Make it allude to it being Foreman. Give it Foreman's voice. Don't make it Foreman unless he okay. specifically got it written out that he's going to get a payday from having his name specifically in this um in this episode, which. Let's be honest here. If anybody can negotiate that sort of a fucking payout, it's a boxer and his contract manager. Um, then yeah. I don't see the point in it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I also, I'm really curious to see. I have never looked this up, but was Frida Foreman ever actually a female boxer? Like, did, did she ever actually do that? Because maybe this was a promotional bit for that. Maybe that's why it's specifically George and Frida Foreman. Uh, Frida Foreman... Oh, wow. Born October 16th, 1976, Houston, Texas. Died March 9, 2019. Um, Whoa. Trying to find a record here. Division middleweight. Oh, wow. So she fought 17 rounds. In 17 rounds, 50% of those were knockout. She, So she boxed from 2000 to 2001. So she would have been done at this point. Yeah. Unless she was planning unless she was planning a comeback fight or something like that that just never happened. There's no point in having her named like this. Like I said, it to me this reeks of like somebody in PR trying to trying to like use the the big name of George Foreman and it's like, dude, he wasn't even the biggest boxer at this point. Yeah. You know, people know him for his grills and they don't really give a shit about his boxing career. If you wanted a big boxer, you get Mike Tyson, you get Oscar De La Hoya, you get somebody else. Um, to name drop the problem is though the boxers are So George Foreman though, at least we can confirm, can read like copy. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we all remember the George true. Foreman inf- infomercials, like and I know that now Mike Tyson is cute and he's on the Mike Tyson mysteries and all that shit and he's got his pigeons. But, like, Mike Tyson in 2003 wasn't the friendly, cuddly Mike Tyson we have today. No, um, no. George Foreman was. Like, those infomercials were hilarious. Like, fuck, I'd, yeah. I bet they're on YouTube. I bet we can watch them right now. So oh, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I'm sure that, like, getting a different boxer would have been weird. I kind of like your spin on it, though, of just get a local guy in. I don't think we need the grill thing anyway. The grill thing is stupid, and it literally is to me. We're already here, so, like, I kind of have the same con as you. This feels like a fucking promotion for George Foreman. That's all it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it's all so tangential and shitty, and it's like, how do we capitalize on this? Fox needs some fucking funding. We can't have a Burger King. What do we do? Call George Foreman. Like, and that's what they did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I really like the, I like the smartness of using George Foreman, who has a grill, to antagonize, get antagonized by Hank. Yeah, you know? and I can't the no- tell if that's The novelty grill bit, though. I love it. 
But but, but to me, yeah. it's like you don't need you don't need to physically say George Foreman for people to get the joke. So many people own a Foreman grill that they will go, oh, I get it. They're making fun of George Foreman. How funny would it have been if that's his voice? Holy shit, that's his voice. It would have been a better moment to do it that way, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I but just, that's me. It's a weird episode. Oh, yeah. shit. Apparently, like Frida Foreman killed herself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, According to, that got dark. Uh, March 12, 2019, People Magazine article. Apparent suicide. Okay. Yeah. In, huh. Wow. Sorry, I was just kind of doing some dinners. You and I were bullshitting about George Foreman, but yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Huh. Um, um, anyway, where are we? Sorry. You asked me how I liked Foreman. That's Okay, that's where we're at. Okay, cool. Yeah, as a guest star, yeah. I don't really like him. I feel like it's a weird pluggy deal. Um, I think Frida could have been anybody. It, it, literally yeah. anybody. Who the hell pays attention to women's boxing? No, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Especially this at, at this time. This is before, like, Ronda Rousey, like, showed us that women can beat up yeah. on each other, too. But, it seems yeah. like a like a weird flex. Like, like, why are you going to promote this one weird thing? And you know too, but like we've had guest stars who were athletes, and they don't yeah. do anything. Like Dandy Don was not pitching his like fucking Nugenics pills to Hank. You know, like oh, I could have made that pass because I take my fish vitamin from this place. Like right, it's the little things. Like we have had well, celebrity should... athletes, but they don't do that. Th- um, uh, uh, Days of Thunder with. Oh, who is it? Not Jeff Gordon, the other guy that Hank loves. Um, uh, John Force? No, may, no, maybe I don't know. It doesn't matter him, and he just oh Dale Earnhardt. Holy shit! Um, and he's just Earnhardt, rubbing on the yeah. rope. That's all he's doing is Dale Earnhardt is rubbing on the rope. Like I don't know. I don't like the way they handle George. I don't like. If you take George Foreman out of the equation, this episode is still fine. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't change it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it can be any other faceless guy. Like any other faceless boxing promoter that just happens to be, you know, have to, having been a professional boxer, has a kid who's a boxer, that that's what they're doing. You don't need they most the famous is like name. It. Like, yeah. 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 You can allude to it. They don't call his old manager Don King in The Simpsons, but it's very fucking clearly Don King. Yeah. Lucius. It, it's <laughs> Lucius. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. It's interesting. I, I feel like... If they wanted to do make make fun of somebody who does that self promotion shit, they've also done that as too. Bobby says shit all the time, like Roy Rogers makes a good burger. Yeah, like it's just like, oh yeah, we'll totally make fun of somebody for for their self promotion. But his like it, it seems like an actual like promotion. Like they're trying to sell grills with this shit. Like like yeah. George Foreman appeared in this episode. With the knowledge that they were going to talk about, like, Boomhauer talks about losing the weight when he got the George Foreman. And, like, George talks about what a great product he's got and all this shit. It just, I don't, however, to that end, what if Luann didn't fight Frida, right? What if they talked down from that, right? But then, Mm -hmm. to resolve their differences, Hank and George got into a grill off because this is a stupid season 7 sitcom episode if there was ever a fucking sitcom episode. You have a guest star who is shilling a product or trying to get hype. Um, 
you have the introduction of a brand new character who just rolls in to drive plot that we will never ever see again in Randy Strickland. Like, nothing yeah. that happens here will matter. I guess Luann gets a sense of empowerment from the guys in her math class, but like, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is a weird one for me. We got to move on. I'm sorry. Um, no, I wish good. I could see the grill off between Hank and George Foreman. That would have been cool. I would have liked to have seen the fight between Luann and Frida. Why didn't we get to have that? It could have been I, just a montage. It was three rounds. The guys even say at the end it was three rounds. I want to see Luann yeah, but- finish the fight. Like, it's expensive to animate it. That's why we didn't get to see it. I would have I rather seen care. that than her. I would have rather seen her do that than fight the all the other people. You can show me just like finished like knockout cards of her versus yeah. everybody else, and and use all of that animation budget for the free to form and fight. Do it like that Simpsons episode where they're just playing that chorus of the flowers and showing the like image of the fight and then the like knockout hit by Homer. Like that was fine. It, yeah. Do it that way, but then give me the goddamn fight at the end. Like, this is literally Luann standing up for her. Like, literally, the metaphor couldn't be plainer. Holy shit. Like, and we don't get to see the fight. I don't like that. You're taking away Luann's victory from her. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, They teased us because they gave us just enough to want more, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this episode is super mean to Scotty too, Hottie. And finally, really quick, I just want to talk about episodes of TV where boxing is a central point. Like, there's a lot of them. There's so many. And off the top of my head, uh, there's the one we've already been talking about where Homer's a boxer. The Great Wife yep. Hope where Marge is an MMA fighter. The Butterfly WWF episode from Futurama. Um, yeah. Baby, you knock me out from Family Guy. I'm pretty sure there's like three American dads where Francine and or Haley are boxers. Like, holy shit. People love to see people become boxers and I do not get it. Honestly, I, I forget most of the time that boxing is a sport. Yeah. I really do I because just... it doesn't – other than some random-ass YouTuber like that that's trying to get promoted. Jess, you can come upstairs. <laughs> She's trying not to squeak. Other than some shitty YouTuber that's trying to like get his – like I don't know, pimp his, his fighting record by – you know, beating up on 45-year-old MMA people that have like shattered their fucking – um, shins before like shit like that. I'm talking about Logan Paul and Anderson. Silva. I, 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 I like, know, I know, I know, buddy. Other than that, like I, I fucking forget that it happens except for the one like random ass fight every three years that Floyd Mayweather has because he's uh, somehow still fucking unbeaten mm-hmm. and makes like a fucking hundred million dollars every goddamn fight. Yeah. Like I just forget that it's a fucking sport because I don't care that much. They don't promote themselves very well. And maybe I'm just running in the wrong combat sports. You can't see my air quotes here. Combat (laughs) sports fucking rings. But you know what? If I'm going to watch something that's fixed, I want them to let me know that it's fucking fixed. I'm going to watch professional wrestling. I don't watch the UFC because it's fixed and they don't want to fucking tell anyone. I don't want to watch boxing because it's fixed and they want to make everybody believe it's fucking real. I don't believe any fucking combat sport ever has never not been fixed. That's my conspiracy theory, buddy. I'm fucking with you 100%. I'm so proud of you, dude. Like, yeah. You picked the <laughs> rightest combat sport. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry. That was definitely a little bit of a rant there. Maybe I have a lot more feelings about fucking boxing and, and MMA and all that shit than, than real, but. Yeah, we're talking a lot of good shit. You Ooh. got more notes? 
Because I feel like I talked I for a long no. fucking time. No, um, I can jump into my pros, though. I gotta. Yeah, let's do some pros. Yeah, let's do that. So, canonically, Mark, we're not going to see Leanne again because she's back in prison. Oh, yeah. I made note of that. I went, oh, thank God, we never have to see Leanne Platter again. She's back in prison for fighting. Um, I This is just a personal thing for me. Every time I hear somebody incorporate this in, insult slash, like, de- descriptor of somebody into their into their writing. I am almost, you're 100% going to win my fucking vote for, like, favorite thing. Anytime somebody gets called a biggin, like, B-I-G-dash-U-N, oh, yeah. it makes me so happy. Because that is, like, the best, most, like, flattering but not flattering insult that you can get. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Buck that talks about, oh, yeah. you did good job, biggin. And... Yeah. I'm trying to think here. It's one of the Edgar Wright movies. Um, I can't remember if it's Shaun of the Dead or if it's um, Hot Fuzz. But someone refers to Nick Frost as as a biggin. Yeah. All right there, biggin. Every time. Every time I I hear it, it makes me laugh. If you can can incorporate biggin into something, you've already got my fuck, dude. I'll watch you 20 (laughs) times. Um, there's a lot of costume changes in this episode. I talked about this a few episodes ago. I love it when they put the cast in new things. Oh, um, hell yeah. It, yeah. It, it makes, it makes a lot of these cells cause they're still doing hand cells at this point. It makes a lot of them worth a, a lot of cool money because it's the first time and sometimes only time they're in a different outfit. So I would love to get any of Hank, Peggy or Luann's tracksuit cells. If somebody knows someone who wants to sell them. Um, and I feel like it was destiny to get Foreman on on Foreman and his grill into the show about propane and grills. Like I'm astounded it took him as long as it did. I do yeah, like that. I, I think it's I think it's cheek. I think it's cheeky. I, I guess just we just don't. They, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know how to feel about it. I don't. It, in an age where I can't, where you can't watch a video of a snowman being lit on fire without two fucking ads, I am so sick of yeah. advertising. Yeah. Like, ugh. Man, Elon, help us double down and remove all ads ever. Team Elon, go! I don't know. Like, goddamn. <laughs> At this point, I am willing to, like, make a deal with Satan to get rid of advertising. Or make it better. I, I like, we it. just finished the goddamn elections in America. And, like, goddamn, if Google's always listening, targeted ads should be better. I'm done bitching. Sorry. More no, coffee good. Give Mark. me some pros, man. Just a sec as I pour myself more coffee. Sorry. Um, pros. I didn't have that many. Luann, talking to Buck and Randy, I'm going to have your membership revoked, and that's bad because you look awful. (laughs) Or terrible. (laughs) Yeah. That's Um, sweet, Luann. Yeah. Good job, Luann. Um, Little John is back. Yes. I love that he makes a resurgence. We are back at Sugarfoot's for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that little bit. Um, also, we're talking about, like, who's the most illegal. I'm pretty sure that this is a non-sanctioned boxing match and they're gambling on it. And that's super fucking illegal. Oh, absolutely. Especially if Buck's involved. Oh yeah. But like, man, Buck is, Buck is trash. (laughs) Um, that's what I got. I don't have a lot of pros. I don't like this episode. I think it's dumb. Okay. It's Uh, inconsequential. Nothing happens. Like Luann learns to stand up for herself, I guess, but I feel like she's learned that already, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And then, and then some, yeah. We see, we keep seeing the same character arc from her, and while I love seeing Luanna, it does get tiring after a while. 
Well, we just got uh, her off Pygmalion, too. Like, and again, to go back off of our original theory that that one was shot, definitely shown out of sequence, so it doesn't matter. But, God, yeah. I just, I don't know, you know? How, what um, you got? Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, so I really, I mean, we talked about my big one here, which is that I don't like how they incorporated the guest star in this, but uh, I also made note that Hank is back to using the word oriental and that bugs me. <laughs> it's going to happen, dude. Like, Just get over it. That one's going to stick. I, I should get over it, but I'm, I'm not, I'm going to call it out when I see it. Like it's, it's I not like, like season ending, but it, it's just like, come on. I don't know. It amazes me what you used to get allowed to say with on TV, like fucking law and order special victims, you know, still drop a f- and we're into like 20, at least 2017 right now. And just like, yeah. wow. Okay. Holy shit. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? It's just shit like that. It's just, it, it's amazing to me what you can and can't say anymore. Right. Right. And that's not a stance uh, on anything. I'm just amazed about what they used to get away with, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but give me some of your cons, man. Um, some of my cons. I already bitched too much about uh, Luann's Missy Melons being inconsistent. Um, <laughs> the initial four count, I don't know. I, I get it. Counting to ten would take a long time in an animated TV show. But in an animated TV show where you seem to be trying to pad for time and then cutting it for time, maybe you could have done it. Um, Hey, Johnny, Fair. let's play a fun game. Can you guess where my fucking horny exploded at 4 a.m. when I watched that this this morning? Uh, I, I can't. Maybe, maybe Luann, uh, wiping blood off her nose? Who knows? French maid. French maid Luann. Jesus oh, fucking Christ. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> She's a fighting French maid. Uh, also, tangentially to that, con, don't let Bobby find it. Why would Bobby wear a French maid? I don't care. Whatever. Um, finally, finish that fucking fight. It's three rounds. They call out how it's three rounds. Show, man... Don't just show her winning over the crowd in the first round. Show it being a struggle. This is goddamn Rocky number two, man. Like, do that. Like, I don't know. No, this is Rocky four, I guess, but still. Like, right. I don't know. Favorite moments? What do you got? Anything? Do you like this one? Am I being um, mean? I don't know. No, 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 no. I, so I've got two moments here. Um, what, one is it's very, very quotable for me, at least. I say it all the time. Uh, but the other one, so I love Peggy and her trash talking, calling Frida Farben a big, a big old can of beans, because that's a very, that's a very Peggy trash talking moment. And then yeah. her just acting all like, "What did I do to you?" After Frida Farben threatens to kick her ass, yeah, <laughs> that makes me laugh. But I use this, I use the term novelty grill so much in my personal life every time my wife has to take a pill for something novelty pill every time (laughs) like it's just i I, if i can find a way to incorporate it into something i will so i use it all the time i love doing the fake george foreman voice for it and everything but how about you man you got a favorite moment Uh, other than french maid luann no you actually hit it it's peggy yelling at frida that was hilarious You big can of beans. Hey, I got one for you, though. Um, So, like, we, we can't, I don't know. I, I just don't feel satisfied with my bitching about George Foreman, and I don't want to do it more. But what if, um, not David Herman, help me out here. Who's Hermes? Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar, thank you. Okay. Um, What if Phil Lamar was doing this? What if Phil Lamar was being George Foreman? 
Like, he was that caricature. Would we like this better? Probably. Right? Because they wouldn't call like him Like, if George it wasn't the celebrity? Yeah. And he just happens to have, like, a daughter who's a boxer. Like, why not? Like, yeah. like I said, you can do this whole get back. Wow. You can do this whole gag, this whole bit, without actually naming George Foreman and alluding to it. That's the ridiculous part. Like, I, I don't remember any of the promotion for this episode. Did they go on here and say, oh, wow, just like we had Pam Anderson earlier in the season, now we've got George Foreman, and make it a big to-do? Because, really, who would give a shit? No Probably. One. Yeah, like, I bet... I don't so, remember the advertising like, for this one. Like, I thought this... I thought this... This episode is so dumb with premise-wise, I thought this was, like, a last couple of seasons episode. I did not expect this one yeah. to be here right now. It kind of threw Un- me when unless, I saw it. Unless they made some weird back-alley deal with Foreman that was basically like, hey, we, in turn for you letting us go on your show and promote our grill and, and talk about George and his family and making a whole 20 minutes about this specific person and his grill because we want to promote it, we will pay for a lot of the episode. Maybe they saved money that way. Who the fuck knows? Maybe. Like, I, don't, I just, I don't know. It's, it boggles the mind, because you're right. No, Phil Lamar doing this would be so much fucking better. But there's even the bit about, like, he has about, like, oh, maybe I could have thought of a better name than George. God damn, that's a lazy joke. I just, this is bad, this is bad Simpsons guest star level of, guest star do you know what i mean yeah like man and and i get it we we they can't all be like snoop dog but holy shit no no not everyone's know. gonna be an alabaster but at the same time like come on we just had pam anderson who wasn't a very good guest star but was better than fucking this yeah yeah and that's that's where i'm at with it like this is a I whole know, episode anyway. of kid rock <laughs> it really is like you know what it is? It's all flash and no substance. That's that's what it is. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, well, let's, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get her rated. Why don't you tell the good folks about our rating system? Oh, our rating system breaks down like this, and I was gonna do it like boxing movies until I realized I don't know enough about boxing or boxing movies outside of Rocky IV, the greatest movie of all time. So. Uh, it goes like this. The very, very bottom is Charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It is a complete turd. Do not watch it. Avoid it. No one likes it. It's bad. Above that is is Megalo. Megalo is a shade brighter than a turd. It's a bronze. It's not a good episode. But it's got some moments. You're going to watch it if it's on. You're probably not going to turn it off. But you're definitely not going to seek it out. Above that is a butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. There's a lot of good in this episode, but there's a lot of bad. But by and large, people can come together and say that if it's 2 a.m. in the morning and you are high off your balls, you're going to watch it. Above that (laughs) is our gold standard. That is our Char King. If Johnny and I come together and both give it a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. This is an amazing episode of King of the Hill. The writing is good. The characters are on point. Animation is beautiful, but there's just something that maybe doesn't work out. It can't be 100%, and that's fine. Or you need a lot of context to appreciate and understand it. That's all right. A a Char King is a great rating to have. But if it's better than a Char King, which are kind of few and far between, unless you're insane like me and then you give it to a Halloween episode, maybe, is our Blue Flame of Valor. 
it is the best episodes you can find of King of the Hill. It's some of the best episodes of television in general. Everyone should watch it. You can show this to anybody with zero context, and they will love it just as much as you do. So with all that being said, Johnny, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, what are you going to give Boxing Luann? Um, so looking at my initial rating here, uh, I'm, I'm actually not going to go with what I wrote down earlier. Because uh, okay. I originally gave it a, I gave it a Buking, but wow. after our conversation here, I don't think it's a Buking. I think it's it's just a straight butane. It's an episode. I, okay. I don't hate this, but there's a lot of things that they could have done a lot better. There's a lot of ways that this could have been improved. Um, I think you make very valid points, and that we've we've seen the same story from Luann over and over and over again at this point, and we need to stop seeing it. You need to do something different. Unfortunately for a lot of you out there that don't like him, Lucky is what's going to be different, and you all fucking hate that, so get ready for it. Um, oh, no. I know, buddy. I know. But, we, I mean, here here we are, and we're talking about it. But, I mean, it's it's got its moments. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how many sports we have now seen in King of the Hill. Between, Football, soccer, uh, soccer, shooting. Um, yeah, like... Hunting, like uh, we we've seen, yeah, we've seen so hunting, t- competitive shooting, football, fishing. So, uh, softball, fishing, um, baseball, t-ball, soccer, t-ball, wrestling, uh, um, uh, golf. Re- yep, re- wrestling, yeah. golf. Yeah, everything. We we've even seen an episode where they go bowling, but they don't play basketball. <laughs> like, good God. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we've hit just about every fucking sport possible at this point. We've seen yep. competitive, uh, like NASCAR. We've, we're going to see funny cars before too long. Like Competitive eating. Lawnmower racing. Yes. We've run the gamut. Yes. While these guys really just enjoy their, their sports-themed episodes, this is... This does not hold up in the, in the echelons of good sports episodes. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, what'd you give it? <laughs> um, this is a very special one for us because it's the first one we've had in a while. It's a two-tane. Oh, two-tane. It's weird. I Literally, my rating for this is I, I like to write out like an afterthought. And literally, all I wrote is, it's weird, IDK. I don't know. Fuck this episode. I'm not going to turn it <laughs> off. I'm not going to go look for it. It's better than a Megalo, though. So, like, I don't know. Maybe this is a start tracking now because I bet this is where I fall off the Luan wagon. You know, like it, it, because you just be. hit it with like the next evolution of Luan is gonna be uh, Lucky, and we all know how I feel about Lucky. So like, I don't know. Maybe this is like, maybe this is where I started to hate Luan, and all my other like good memories of her just like disappeared when I started watching it. At this point, I don't know, but ugh, ugh, says I. That's okay. Well, we've got ourselves a two-tane, which uh, brings us to our next episode, Mark. So our next episode here is episode 138, Vision Quest, original air date February 3rd, 2003. This is written by Eaton Cohen, and our cast of characters this week, Mark, are Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Joseph and Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Hauer, John Redcorn, Nancy Gribble, Steve, Jake, and Dave, and uh, we have a Stuart Dooley. For one line. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We really... Glad we got two weeks of fucking Dooley, where he really contributes to the plot. One whole line, man. Uh, Synopsis for this week's episode. (laughs) 
John Redcorn is having issues with how Joseph is being raised, and Dale is not helping with his encouragement of a bad crowd, I think is how I put it. Okay, okay. So, A Story, Dale, Joseph, John Redcorn, we can throw Hank and Bobby in there, but like, I think you could also probably get rid of Hank and Bobby, and there's not a huge difference. I mean, Hank's more of a vehicle for this. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't really think there's a B story in this. Do you, do you think you like? I couldn't recognize one. Do you? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, jump into some notes, man. Notes. Um, bacon and waffles. It's a new restaurant. Made me happy. Yeah. Dude, um, I would eat. I would eat at a bacon and waffles. I'd eat there probably yeah. every morning. Yeah, probably. Right. Like bacon. Yeah. What else do you need in life? Hash browns, I guess. But <laughs> um. John Redcorn's The King in Yellow Sign is back. I just like it. I'm, I'm glad it's there. It makes me happy that that exists in the King of the Hill universe. That, like, mm-hmm. it's just great. I just love it. It's right there. It makes me happy. Um, I need you to do me a real quick favor. Yeah. Can you give me Clark Peters making a butt out of his stomach and trying to get a panda bear's attention? Um... Like, you want me to try and do it with my own stomach? No, no, I mean, like, you don't have to, like, you know, do the prop work if you oh. don't want to. But oh, just oh, give I me, see, like, see. you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you ready? Whatever your method is, yeah, lay it on me. Hey there, you stupid panda. Look at this. I've got two butts. I bet you don't have two butts. Hey, <laughs> you have to look at me. <laughs> Perfect. That's everything that I thought it was going to be, and I'm so happy. Thank you. You you can always get a good Clark Peters out of me, buddy. Oh, an amazing Clark Peters. I, like, had to, like, stop the episode to write the note to have you do that because I cared more about that (laughs) than I did this fucking episode. Um, I like the idea that the Vision Quest, while it is intrinsically important to John Redcorn's people, is also something that can happen to literally everybody because everybody has one or something like this. Yeah. And John Redcorn even mentions how everybody has their like own. Like the, the rite of passage. Yeah, they have their own specific one. I'm glad that the guys each get their own. It makes me happy. Yeah. Um, Why is Bill in the fucking tire? Like, God, what is, uh, what, what is Bill doing? I don't get it. <laughs> why? What are we doing, Bill? And finally... Dale, I'm the buffalo, the white buffalo. Guys, go drink a great white buffalo, the signature drink of the Two Wizards podcast. Fireball and organic milk. Go, go drink one now. Johnny, notes. You've had them. You liked it. It was okay. You told me. I don't drink anymore, so it's... (laughs) Dude, Fireball messes me up, but I I think you know that. Fireball is fucking engineered by the government to cause havoc. Like, yeah. Yes. You already hit the bagel, bacon, bagel, bacon and bagel. waffles. See, I'm all, I'm all fucked up too. You already hit <laughs> bacon and waffles for me, which is good. Um, so of the three bad kids here, we have Steve, Jake, and Dave. Steve, okay. the like kind of head ringleader, uh, yeah. is voiced by uh, a guy named Kyle Howard. Now, I was trying to figure out if like any of them were anybody like of note. And they're really not, but this Kyle Howard guy, he's he's worked on and off for maybe the last 20 years. Oh, uh, wow, usually okay. it's like one-offs, one-offs on episodes. He's been in a couple of movies. 
he's won like like his movies have won like one or two awards, so nothing huge. He's definitely not like he's like C tier. Okay. You know? Um like somebody that just not even cool enough to be made fun of on Bojack Horseman. Um <laughs> You know, you know what I mean. Like, uh, was that Margot yeah. Martindale that they're always talking about? Um, but I did feel, feel it necessary to point out that Kyle Howard is his voice because Kyle Howard's a local boy. Mark, he grew oh, yeah. up in Loveland, Colorado. Oh shit! Okay. So yeah, he, I guess he cut his chops up in Fort Collins at some theater up that way, and then made his way out to L.A. But it's not often that you and I get to su- support a little local guy. So. Guys, if you want to go look up whatever Kyle Howard has done, like I'm, I'm sure there's a movie that's direct to video or direct to stream, whatever they have you now, that you could watch, and you might get like half a penny of a royalty for it. Who knows? There you go. Um, help, help them Mark, Colorado boys out. Right? Uh, Mark, why is Dale calling the Federal Reserve? I want to I wanna hear your theory here. Because he is. It's Dale. He's... Because, because we already talked about like how Dale and I are in the same like insomnia schedule. You get weird after a while, and so you know <laughs> why wouldn't in a time you know before really tracing phone calls and caller ID was a thing. Why the hell would you not prank call the federal Federal Reserve? Like why wouldn't you? I would shit. Like give me their number. I'll do it right now. <laughs> I have no idea why he would be doing it, but I it seems very on point for Dale to be like poking the bear and then for Nancy just to like completely shit in his cereal. Um, John Redcorn is a roadie for which band, Mark? Oh, I didn't catch it. It's um Sky uh, Winger. It's Winger. It's Winger. Winger. It is Sorry. Winger. Why? Winger, yeah. Why is that? In, why is that important to me? You should know this. I have no fucking clue. I can only think of Jeff Winger. So I got nothing. I, I mean, that's that's a good winger, but in uh, what is it? I, I got nothing. It's not an Office Space reference, right? It's not, but oh man, you are so close to it, you could almost taste it. So oh. it is a very important reference for our fans of Mike Judge because uh, our good friends Beavis and Butthead have got shirts that say ACDC and Metallica, right? Yeah. Yeah, the nerdy little kid they're constantly picking on. I believe his name is Randy. He's got a winger shirt on. Oh, shit. That's cool. Right on. Yeah, I loved it. I to, For those hardcore Mike, Mike Judge fans, I have to imagine that it's a reference to that. Um, so, you know, I love it. I, I've never listened to a single winger song in my entire life, but I might one day. Who knows? Right on. Um, is this episode insensitive to Native Americans, Mark? Not no, it's no, it's not at all. It's because it's Native Americans. We are apt right now. We especially lately. Goddamn, we have been, I would say, almost trigger happy with worrying about how bad a thing is. Um, mm-hmm. This one is not. This is literally. Okay. We need. I thought. I thought we had enough resolution on the Dale parentage episode or the the Joseph parentage problem with of mice right. and little green men. I kind of thought it. This horse had been beaten to death. Apparently it wasn't. It hasn't been drummed up yet. We're we know that Joseph is a little bastard, but yeah. Now we're going to address it. We're going to see him be dumb, but whatever. No, it, it is what it is. It can't be Connie. It's not going to be Connie that does this. Bobby has one friend in the world. It just happens to be Joseph. No, it. Sure, the writing around it might be a little weird, but I don't think it is at all. In fact, I think it's kind of cool that John Redcorn gets to have a say in this deal. Like, okay maybe maybe there is an air of like you know magical indian man if that makes sense you know what i mean like the man catches a goddamn arrow but 
I don't yeah, care. Yeah. It's it's TV. You know what? It's like, nah, it's cool. It's it's our boy doing John Redcorn. Um, no, I think it's fine. Maybe I'm part of the problem though too. I don't know. I because it's also like such bullshit. It's so funny, like it's laughable, the circumstances of Dale literally not being able to interpret his own vision and then deciding that he is in fact a native. You know what? Like that's great. Yeah. That's so stupid and on point for Dale. It's perfect, like I think it's great. I don't, yeah. We're not making fun. That's the point. No one is making fun of anybody. Yeah. And no, yeah. And, and I this literally wasn't a question to be accusatory or anything like that. I really no, I was just right, kind of curious right. what your thoughts were because I didn't find this particularly like offensive. Um I I'm I feel like I'm constantly like you said on this this watch for PC shit now because everything has to be PC. And the idea of a skinny white guy that is is equating his love of tobacco and the, his hate of the government to the fact that he is, of course, a Native American when he really isn't. Uh, like, I find it very funny. That, that's I hilarious. Very I'm smart sorry. writing. No, it is, and and I really think that that the way they they've been incorporating John Redcorn lately into this show and his like Native American traditions. They've been doing it in a very smart way, not necessarily like not necessarily making fun of it. Uh, yes, it's used for some some humor at points, but getting a lot of like good meaning out of it. I'm thinking back to Returning Japanese Part One, where they went to the sweat lodge and everybody gets to have yeah. their, their sweat lodge visions. And none of those seemed like they were there simply for comedic effect. They were there to, in essence, for like forward a story. Or to create a little bit more of a of a like an answer to a puzzle we didn't know we had. So I don't, I was just kind of curious. Um, I I yeah. my knee jerk reaction to seeing Dale in full Indian regalia was oh this is this cannot be good. But then as I watched, I went no he's I mean it's it's Dale. Anybody that knows Dale knows that this is just who this character is. This is no different than like. This Native American Dale is no different than American Dale when he's all hopped up on America. Like, it's the exact same yeah. thing. Just totally, yeah, it's Dale jumping too far into a thing. No, I didn't mean yeah. to, like, seem if I got, like, snippy. I'm sorry. I just... No, 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 no. You didn't at all. Not at all. Okay, I just sorry. To like I said, mind. I'm kind of horned up on coffee, so I'm not sure where I'm at levels-wise. No, I just... I really like this episode. I think it's clever. And quite frankly, I think it's neat, like... How many Native Americans did you see in TV in the 90s? Like, there was that show Northern Exposure, I feel like, and that was it. But, like, mm-hmm. everybody knows Jonathan, or everybody knows John Redcorn. Like, I think that's kind of neat. I don't yeah. know. But it's all tangential, too. Go. Like, he's, like, John Redcorn is a person, but he's also a Native American. And sometimes that comes up, and sometimes it doesn't. Like, you know, yeah. I like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and such a big focal point of this story is the Native American heritage and what he wants for his biological son. Like, he yeah. wants to be able to experience that with him because it's part of his culture. But um, if you if you guys want to, like, watch some really good Native American-themed stuff, go watch Reservation Dogs on FX. There's two seasons of it, and they're fantastic. It's written co-written by a Native American guy in Taika Waititi who is a native of New Zealand. Taika Waititi does some good shit. He really does. You should also all go watch What We Do in the Shadows, but that has nothing to do with this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, And then I have one more here. It's it's a question. With the conversation in the back of the truck, can we just now officially confirm Bobby does not know about Redcorn and Nancy? 
Yeah, totally. Because Redcorn right. even makes he, he just makes it a point to say to Bobby like, "Oh yeah, but you could totally tell Joseph this." Yeah. Or Bobby's just so used to John. I feel like every time we see John Redcorn and Bobby, it's literally John Redcorn just saying, "Hey, do this for Joseph." Like. Yeah. 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 Um, let's get to some pros, man. Pros. Um. Um, I laughed too hard at John Redcorn thinking the Hills were Jewish. I also have that as my first pro. Thank you for that. God damn. Are we a are we a couple of guys or what? I don't <laughs> Mark, we're both kings of the same hill. <laughs> kings of the there you fucking go. <laughs> um Pro Scissor Bamboo. Oh, and then I get to thinking about it. It's a fucking panda bear. They sleep all the time anyway. You need to drug it anyway. Uh, uh, tangential to that, I love panda bears. God damn it. Listeners, Johnny, you know. You know fucking much I yes. love panda bears. I love panda bears. How do you kill a panda bear? Ugh. Um, pro. That's Bill's pro. Res- Yeah, fucking Kung Fu Panda is the best movie. It's like top ten favorite movies of mine, man. Like, oh. Um. Bill recycling. I like the Bill's recycling. I'm glad. I don't know why, but I'm just glad. Yes. I'm glad that in 2004 we are recycling. We're talking about recycling. It made me happy. Um, And this isn't really a pro so much as I didn't have a whole lot to say. This episode reminded me that Tropic Thunder is a thing, and I'm going to go watch Tropic Thunder, and I'm excited to rewatch Tropic Thunder. Because <laughs> Ben nice. Stiller kills a panda bear. Yes. How about you, buddy? Pros? Um, so uh, I have in here, and we already talked about it, that Dale's associating his hate of the government and love of tobacco to being a native. That might be the smartest joke they've ever written about Dale. Yeah. Like, that is, it's almost too good. So writers, uh, props to you for that. Um, and you may not see this as a pro, and I'm not saying that I love where this concept goes, but Mark, we just found the roots of Big Mountain Fudge Cake. Redcorn yep. freaking toured with Winger. Yeah, when we get to Big Mountain Fudge Cake episodes, let's you and me make a point to listen to some goddamn Winger so we have some light grounding, maybe. Yes, but that there's yeah. there's our there's our roots right there. Um, but that, that's that's all I got for pros, man. There's not a lot here. Uh, I can jump into my cons though. Do it up, man. Yeah, like I, we're not get. I don't know. We're talking a lot, but I feel like we're not saying anything about this episode. You know what I mean? There, there's not a lot to say about it. I think um, I and you already hit the, hit this one, and I'm going to reinforce it here. I am so tired of Joseph Parentage episodes. I like you also thought it was done with of mice and little green men. I thought we've seen this episode four times already in this series. We don't need to revisit it once every season. It doesn't need to happen. Shit, dude. I think this is twice in one season because wasn't of mice and little green men in our seventh season, or was that end of six? That was end of six. Yeah. Okay, well, so even still, it's like, guys, leave it alone. We yeah. are done exploring this topic. It doesn't need to happen anymore. Um, there's a million other ways that you can incorporate John Redcorn if you just want a John Redcorn piece. You don't mm-hmm. need to use Joseph to do it. Um, they infantilized Dale and Bobby so much in this episode. Like, they turn them into children. You remember my, like, I'm a big boy and I deserve chocolate milk Bobby? 
Oh hell yeah! That is that that to me is almost the exact same as this is my uh, this is what I got when I was at the zoo. Her name is uh, Ting Ting or whatever the fuck he says. Oh and yeah, when he's talking about she his was filled cup. with this sports drink. Yeah, and I just like I can't handle it. Dale has just like completely regressed to a teenager most of this episode, and it's not a good look for him. Um, Dale's yeah. more independent than this. Yeah. Um, th- this episode, it could have had some really cool acid trip moments that I think they just either didn't want to spend the money on the animation for, or somebody had the idea and they just dumbed it down because I think all of the vision quests that you see could have been done better. I think the concepts behind them are really good, but I think you could have animated them cooler. That's, that's just me. I've seen what these guys can do with animation and to me, it right. just kind of fell flat. Um, okay. and we're, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk – this last one I have here, I'm going to talk a little bit about The Simpsons because for a lot of people, there is one episode that clearly and definitively says the good times are over in The Simpsons. And oddly enough, it deals with a panda. And it's the, the panda rape episode of The Simpsons. You know what I'm talking about, right? The prank Oh, monkey yeah. And, uh, yeah, my joke yeah. monkey. Yeah. What are you talking about? All That's that. great. He's making him Charleston and he zaps him with the prod. and. <laughs> Uh, but Homer getting getting it's forced shit. To, like, it's, a, it's a shit episode, but yes, Homer getting so for, a, so by a, a pan is great. I'm sorry. For a lot of Simpsons fans, that is the moment where they stop. It stops being good, and interesting. We now have to now we now have to deal with like everything past that is basically irredeem not irredeemable, but like it is sub tier. It's, it's graded it's on a no curve. Longer, you're never. Exactly. You're never going to hit that high that you ever – you're not even going to come close to it ever again. Yeah. Um, and I just find it interesting to me that we're at the point in King of the Hill seven seasons in where they think that Joseph killing a panda is an actual thing that can happen and they want us to believe it. Dude, we're getting into jumping the shark territory. Okay. They're I starting agree to with you 100%. But thus far in this season, right? This is season seven. Thus far, um, Peggy has killed a guy. Yes. Um. Uh, sorry. I, so my notes are all fucked up because I had to get a new notebook. So I'm like trying to pull back through my old yeah. notes. Sorry, just a sec. Um, Peggy has killed a guy. Um, the entire friendship tube. I know we liked friendship tube, but fucking a, what a dumb episode. Um. Dances with dogs is goofy as shit. Like, yeah. Um, and then we're cooking meth. Like, nothing yeah. makes sense anymore. There's literally nothing that we can't fucking do in this season. So are you are you saying that it, as of season seven we've jumped the shark with King of the Hill? Yeah. Ju- returning Japanese. Was Can we the definitively shark say that? No, because okay. like, no, because there's still good episodes that we have seen thus far and we'll see coming up but okay i don't think we've jumped the shark yet but we're going up that ramp like we're getting to the point for fuck's sake dude they went to japan like they did and our feelings for that episode notwithstanding is like a premise like they went to japan they're literally going they're leaving town they're going other places and it's plot points it's not i went to vegas to find my dad because that was a tangential third act. Like, this is like, no, nothing matters now. Like, 
I'm going to fucking cook meth at a high school, at a middle school science fair and no one will know about it. Okay. You know, st- stuff like this. So it effectively doesn't matter what we do. Nope. This is where we're at now. Um, so long as we can justify it. Yeah. Joseph is going to murder this goddamn panda bear. Like that's it, you know? Okay. Okay. And I don't know what's coming up. So I'm kind of, we're going to keep an eye out for this. Like maybe we're just grumpy now. I don't know. But like maybe I, the George I, Foreman one put a bad taste in our mouth and now we're upset about it. But it, it could be. That's also very, very jumping the shark. Like, oh, we're going to fight a professional boxer's daughter because that's just the thing that happens. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that jumping the shark means that, that we're never going to get a quality episode because there are very much quality episodes coming up still. But I don't think – I think we are now past the days of like consecutive Char Kings, consecutive potential Blue Flames – I don't think you and I are are going to get back to a point where we get to we're not going to have an episode from here on out that that includes a char king and a char king or a char king and a blue flame. There's going to be a butane or a megalos sparkled in somewhere for the duration of the rest of this podcast. I think that is a very true sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, and I I think that's where that's my point here. We're going to have some one-offs that are the exception to the rule, but at this point, we are officially on the downhill slope as of season seven. So this started at the beginning of season seven, end of season six with our doubleheader in Japan. I like it, but the more I think about it, it's, it is the Brady's go to Hawaii. Yeah. You like, know? yeah. I, I mean, and I was bitching already about like, look, here's this character who we introduce and we'll never see again, but he's got to be crucial to the plot because he's my boss's brother. Her, like just that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or he's my Japanese half-brother, Junkie Joe. Who we never see again, and I'm fine with that. I'm I'm finer with Hank having a half-Japanese brother we never meet again than just, like, sticking in people, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But then again, but too, we already kind of hit it. Like, uh, Dooley has one line, and he doesn't need to be in this episode, and it pisses me off. Like, here we are. Yeah. Here we are getting Biddy for the sake of Biddy, and I, I'm over it. Yeah, I also oh yeah. well, am mad, though, that we didn't get the scene of Bobby on Chinese energy drink because I want to know what it was. I kind of do, too. <laughs> um, give me some of your cons, man. Cons, yeah. Uh, what is with Bill? I, I don't need to say anything else. I'm sorry. I just, goddamn. Nope, it's dumb Bill. Yep. Beating a horse that died fucking two seasons ago. Um, Con, fabric softener. Jesus Christ. Ugh. I hate fabric softener. Um, Joseph is really short. Yeah, he's a lot shorter than he should be. Yeah, like, and I don't want to wait. He's was drawn taller than Dale, and now he's shorter than Dale. I don't know. Figure it out, guys. Um, I don't know. What else you got to say? <laughs> I mean, that's short of that's me just bitching. I, I don't. I don't know. Short of me bitching. I didn't like this episode. Um, do you have a favorite moment? I have one. Okay. And it's and it's Dale picking up Redcorn's grandfather's necklace and going, "What's that made of? Rigatoni? Bones? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Because Dale just going Rigatoni. I I love it. Yeah. That's but that's it, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't have. What about one. you? Nope, question mark, question okay. mark, question mark. Um, I didn't rate this one either because I kind of thought in maybe our talking back and forth I could get a better 
grounding on where I'm at, but honestly, my favorite moment of this episode was you doing Clark Peters. Like, oh man, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I, ugh, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm kind of with you my a little question... bit. I understand where you're coming from with like the is it problematic Native American deal. I get that one, and maybe that kind of skewed my view of it a little bit because I, I, I gotta remind myself to go back to like 2000 brain sometimes to remember the context of a situation. But in this case, sure. it didn't really affect me. Um, I just didn't like this no, episode. Yeah. It's not a good episode. Um, you're right. Bobby and Joseph, well, Bobby, especially like, what'd you call it? The infantilization. Yeah. Like he's just a baby yeah, the whole time. I hate he it. is. Um, I, the only little bit that I do like is when he's sitting in bed and he punches that Panda thing because it's literally Bobby who has yet to go through puberty is being affected by those around him and their hormones again. And he's he yeah. literally lashes out to like this one, like sticking point to childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I like that a little bit, but I don't care about it. I don't like this. We're not going to grow from this. Joseph is going to be Joseph until he's not anymore. Like, he's never going to change. He's never going to get better. He's always going to be the same weird, creepy dude. Like, nothing comes yeah. of it. And I'm sure we get – and I don't remember what happens next, but I bet we get another John Redcorn. You know what? This is a jumping the shark because this is the point where our arcs are now changing. Like, um, we were just talking about, like, is this all that we can do with this character? This is the next natural progression. Well, here we go. John Redcorn will now be progressing into Big Mountain Fudge Corn. Luann is progressing into Lucky <laughs> and, like, Lucky, whatever we want to call that couple. Like, that's where we're at now. And I'm getting nervous. Whereas I was so happy and upbeat last week, I am literally the inverse of that. Anyway, let's rate this bitch. Sorry, what do you got? <laughs> that's okay. Well, I'm going to ask you for your rating first, and really the, my way of, of helping you determine this, because you said you don't have one, is, Mark, yeah. is this rewatchable for you? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably watch it again. There's some funny moments in it. Okay. It has. It's all right. I'm not going to turn okay. it on, but if it's, it's probably a Megalo, I guess it's not a charcoal yet. It's not that bad, but it's just, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's a Megalo. That's fair. That's fair. How about I you? gave it a butane, man. Okay. It's, it, there's a lot to like in, in it's tiny little moments in here. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoy, there's, there's little moments here that kind of save it for me just a little bit, that, that turn this into a butane. It's things like Dale saying, um, hey, I had a vision and now I need to go help Joseph do this stuff so that he can be in the cool kids crowd. There's bail money in the, the top of the armoire if you need it. Love you, bye. That's a little good shit bit. like yeah. that. Yeah. But it, like, they're, and they're peppered in there. So I, I love those little tiny moments, but why am I watching an episode, 20 minutes of an episode if I really only want two to three 10 second clips out of it. Like that's a waste of my time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a story I've seen 20 fucking times already. Like I'm so tired of the once a season recycle of, well, let's go talk about how John Redcorn is pissed off that he can't be Joseph's dad now. No, I'm done with it. I'm fucking done with it. So it's, it's a butane. I, I'm yeah. not going to seek it out, but I won't turn it off because it's got those handful of moments. Okay. Right on. But damn, is it close to a megalo for me? Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, right. hey Johnny, Johnny slow, man, now that we're all good and depressed, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill, even though we are we are officially on the downhill slope. I I definitely still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Um, I am going to have to remember uh, where we have been this entire time, 
and say that I still like King of the Hill, and I hope it can kind of turn around from this a little bit, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, all right then. Uh, guys, wh- what, do you, what do you think of King of the Hill? Do you think that we have uh, finally hit the jumping of the shark moment? Do you guys watch it past season six? Let's uh, let us know. I mean, you can always find us on uh, Instagram or on Twitter or on our Facebook page at Dang Old Podcast. You can also email us at dangoldpodcast@gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Krautball. That is Kraut is in sauerkraut and ball is in Swedish meatball. Uh, Mark, where can these people find you? And I'm sorry, this was a weird way to start plugging the end, but I did. It's it. all right. We're in a weird mood. We, no, like. As happy as we were at the end of Pygmalion and uh, Megalodale, like, we are the inverse now, and we're just like, ah, where am I? Uh, Yeah, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or our sister podcast, the uh, Two Wizards podcast, where me and my friend Josh talk about a variety of weird shit. I don't know what we're talking about this week, but I guarantee it was a good one. Um, Thank you for listening, guys. Sorry the energy got weird tonight. Um, But hey... They can't all be Char Kings, right? And I guess that's the point of this. They can't. To see if we still like King of the Hill. And yeah, so thank you for listening. We love you all. I know that for sure. I know that we just don't like you. I know that we love you. And we will talk to you (laughs) next week. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good night.